I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome to our very first episode. I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we are here with our very first episode of our very first podcast. And today is a super special day because today is our second wedding anniversary. And we've been talking about starting a podcast actually for over a year now. And Mike had the brilliant idea. He's usually the one. Well, I would say we both have really good ideas, but oftentimes he has ideas that I say no to first, and then I come up with them six months later, and I'm like, hey, I have this really great idea. And, what, and then and it's her idea. Say? I don't know if anybody else experiences this in their marriage or business relationship. We actually had a podcast. Remember we recorded? Yeah, we recorded like three episodes. Three episodes, and that was a year and a half ago. Yeah, I don't remember. And we uploaded it to the website, but we never promoted it. Some people watched and they loved it. Listened. Listened. Yes, listened. Yeah, so anyway, we're starting over. We're starting over. And this is the Kate and Mike show, Life, Love, and Business. So today, because it's our special wedding anniversary, and after this, we are going to go paddleboard down the bay to one of our sweet favorite restaurants on the water, and then we're going to paddleboard back. We're having a day date because the baby is at daycare, which we call camp. And so we wanted to tell you the story of how we met and the story of how we came to be together and the story of how we came to be in business together, because it's the foundation for everything that we're going to build from here on out in this podcast. Before that, though, we should talk about what we're going to do on this podcast. Like, what's this podcast going to be about? It's about life, love, and business. Right. So we're going to talk about doing business as a couple. We're going to talk about being a stay-at-home family. We're going to talk about how we do business together, how we do life together. We'll probably talk about health because health and vitality and wellness is a huge part of our business. We're going to talk about spirituality, personal growth. We have lots of interviews coming for you. It's going to be really fun. It will be. And interviews, I'm really looking forward to some of the interviews. I have a couple of lined up in my head that I haven't talked to you about yet, and okay. I'm excited to talk to you about yeah. some people I want to bring on. Because I think it's important to get an overall perspective from a variety of individuals who are really excelling at what they do in their business and also excelling at their life. Because just one of my favorite podcasts is Tim Ferriss, and he always asks every person about you know what when you think of successful, Who do you think who's of? the first person that comes to mind? And it's really interesting. And I have a lot of folks that come to mind when I think about that. I really want a well-rounded, for me, successful is somebody that's very well-rounded. They have a good, they just really take care of all aspects of their life. Because just because we make, let's say, a lot of money in business doesn't mean our health. Like, right, if I'm 200 pounds overweight, but I'm a multimillionaire, like, it doesn't matter because my health is suffering. And yes, you have all the money in the world to hire whoever you want to help you take care of yourself. But there's like self-worth things going on there that allow us to get out of whack. So I think it's really important when we are communicating with people that I want to get a good picture, that whole well-rounded picture when we are interviewing folks. And it's something that I found very important throughout my life to live my life that manner. 
Well, and one of the things Mike and I talk about is this concept of making a life, not just a living. And so that's really the core of what you're pointing out right here Mm. is we are going to bring on people who are making a life, not just a living. So, and I really want to stress that it doesn't have to be either or. I think so often as entrepreneurs or just change makers or high achievers, we think that we have to sacrifice our well-being in order to have financial success or we have to sacrifice love in order to have wellness or whatever it is. And so we really want to talk about making a life, not just a living, and that you can have the financial abundance, you can have the financial well-being, the financial freedom. A lot of the time, Mike and I talk about freedom in our business, but you can also have those other aspects. And it's not that you can have it all, because I don't believe that you can have it all, but I also don't believe that any of us want it all. I think we want what we want. And I do believe you can have what you want. Maybe not all at the same time, but throughout the course of your lifetime. It's true. So do you want to start with how we met? Sure. It was June 2010. It wasn't June. I think it was May. No, it whatever. Was it June? We're not going to get into the the obsessiveness about dates. It was 2010, either May or June. So it was June 2010. Let's just call it June. I can go back in my Google Calendar and check. You do that. Yeah, I I have kept an excellent, highly detailed calendar since the age of 14. So June 2010, I was visiting my folks in northwest Indiana in a town called Valparaiso, Indiana, where I grew up. Kate was visiting these friends, Brian and Chris Vass Norris, in Chicago, Illinois. She was doing a options trading class. Is that what you were taking? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was learning how to do puts and shorts on right. stocks. How, how's that been in your... I have done nothing with that. Great. I definitely signed up for that class to meet my husband. Yes. <laughs> so I met Chris and Brian online, and we never actually met in person, and... So I was visiting my folks in Indiana, and they're like, why don't you come up for the night? The Blackhawks are in the Stanley Cup. We'll just go out to a bar and watch the game. And Kate Northrup and Rachel Northrup are actually here in town. And I said, oh, that's cool. I've never met them. But I knew about them because of USANA, and that was the the business that both Kate and I have started, which we'll talk about throughout this podcast a lot. But they're like, come on up. And I was like, do I have a place to sleep if I come up there? Because I don't want to go up and then drive back like super late at night. They're like, sure, no problem. So I show up, I was already there, and then Kate walks in from her stock trading class with Rachel, and then we meet, and then we go out to the Blackhawks game and watch it at the bar, and I noticed throughout the entire game, she kept staring at me. That is not true. strange. That is not true. We were sitting across from each other. That is true. At a big, high-top, round table with like eight people. And I was watching a TV over Mike's head, and every time I glanced down, he was looking at me, and I was like, what is going on here? And I remember very specifically, for some reason, I wasn't eating bread then, so I was just eating only the toppings of the pizza, and I just don't remember why. (laughs) But yeah, you just kept looking at me, and on the cab ride on the way there... He was such an ass. On the cab ride on the way there, I was asking, we were shoved in four across the back of a cab and he was like shoved right against me. Like you sort of had your arm around me and this is the first time I'd met this guy and I thought he was really cute and, but you was like really like not actually that nice. (laughs) I was asking you all these questions about yourself and you go, what is this? A match.com profile? And I was just like... Ugh, who, what is this? And so, but anyway, you kept staring at me through the whole Blackhawks game. Hook, line, and sinker right there. 
And then when we went back, Chris and Brian had told Mike that he could sleep on the couch, but Rachel and I, my cousin, were already sleeping on an air mattress that was like in a pretty small living room right up against the couch. So there Mike is sleeping on the couch next to me. I'm sleeping on this air mattress. We're basically nose to nose and I did not sleep the whole night because it was just, it was weird. And then I had a 70 pound Weinerheimer that would not stop sleeping on my legs. Bella. Bella, I kept kicking off. She kept coming back. So there was like no sleep. There was no sleep. So then in the morning I go to take a shower and when I come out of the shower, Mike has left. And I was like, okay, well, I thought I was confused because I was like, he stared at me through the whole game and was flirting, but like mean, and I don't know what's happening. And he left without saying goodbye. So obviously I thought perhaps there was something, a little spark there, but clearly I was wrong. And then what happened? There was. I had to go home. I had to be home at a certain time. Yeah. And then what happened? And then we kept in touch. I went back to Florida where I was living. And then Kay went back to New York City where she was living. And that went on for six, seven months, just back and forth. We didn't just keep in touch. You tracked down my email address. You like wrote me a long thought oh, yeah. out email yeah, yeah. about all the books that you could send me that you had on investing. <laughs> okay, and so, would you like me to mail them to you? We and- started this podcast off by Kate saying that, or before we started recording, she's like, we're not going to go into all the details. We're just going to go. Well, but now all, we're getting no, all no, the details. No, no, no. I didn't want to okay, go into So it. anyway, so what happened was, is there was a whole <laughs> agenda Of why. So Kate decides to get in the shower, and I'm not going to be able to say goodbye to her because I have to leave. And she, you know, she's taking like, I don't know, an hour or something. I was not. I'm like a five minute in and out of the shower. No, it took longer than five minutes. But anyway, so I was like, okay, so what I'll end up doing is strategically in my head, I was like, I'll just get her email address and we'll reach out communication about the stock trading classes. Because what I ended up doing right before I started my sauna business, I decided to go to one of those Robert Kiyosaki stock classes on the weekend and spent $32,000 on stock information and all this stuff about learning how to trade stock, which is what I was going to do before I started my business. And I didn't use any of it either. So I was just going to mail Kate all of these documents and all this stuff that I had. So I was like, okay, how can I, so that was like my in to communicate to you was like, okay, stock we're in. And then I just, you know, and that's when I got your email address. So a little dating lesson is for women or men, when you're pursuing somebody, find something of common interest and then follow up about it. Yeah. And that's actually a really good sales strategy as well. It turns out like dating and sales are pretty much the same. Yeah. But so then he was following up, but it was always sort of pretty much about businessy stuff, whether it was investing or like marketing or whatever. So I was like, maybe this guy just wants to network. I was really unsure. But then we were at the USANA convention in August. So this is a couple months later. And I saw him several times and... Twice. Okay, whatever. You saw me twice. One of them was when I... (laughs) came up and said something in your ear. I don't remember, but was I was all night. dressed up. And yeah, it was he the night. Up, it's the awards night. We where, were taking pictures yeah. and he came up behind me in the Marriott lobby and like whispered something really close in my ear. And I can't remember what it was. She but got all flustered. It was something about like, it was definitely flirtatious. It was like oh, yeah. about of course. me. I don't maybe. Did so you I tell said, me I looked hot or something? I, I, I can't so. remember. Anyway, and then he just like walked away. But didn't even look back at me. And I was just like, what is happening? And then I invited you to my team's after party and you didn't come. And so therefore I was still like, maybe he's not like, I'm still confused. So then it's the fall. And then I was coming to Phoenix to visit my family for Christmas. And 
you lived in Phoenix. So I reached out well in advance to say, like, these are the dates I'm going to be there. And, you know. And this like was throwing the ball in his court. December. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I get there and he still hasn't contacted me. And I'm thinking like I gave him lots of advance notice. Like I was expecting a dinner invite or something. You know, once again, like, is this guy into me? I don't know. He keeps emailing me. He texts me like what's happening. But then crickets. Like, so I finally reached out and I said, hey, I'm in town. I was at this play with my family that I really, for some reason, it was like, it drove me crazy. It was like really a boring play. And it wasn't crickets. We had been chatting on and off for a long time. (laughs) I would read your blogs and write super lengthy responses to them. This wasn't just like crickets. But you didn't ask me out. No, I did not. You did not ask me out. And so I'm I'm telling my whole story to my cousins. I have three guy cousins and to my uncle. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, he emails me all the time. He always is in contact, but, like, he hasn't asked me out. Like, what's happening? But anyway, I'm in the middle of this play. I'm just like, oh, screw it. I don't remember. They didn't have great advice. Kirk boys, if you're listening, nothing against you. But I don't remember what they said. Maybe they were just like, you know, it's hard when a girl... like, chill. Well, it's because you also were coming with your family. And I know family stuff. My family is don't different. Really, well, I didn't know that. If at the I time. had had a date, everybody would have been perfectly fine. I with didn't that. know that. So, so usually I asked you don't Mike know what the to come rescue doing. me from this play. I texted him, and he was like, "Okay." And so I left at intermission. He showed up in his giant red, really loud dual exhaust pickup truck, and sexy. Um, it, it was, was sexy. sexy. It was sexy. And then I came out, and I hopped in the truck. And we went out, and at the time, Mike was during, doing this ridiculous marketing scheme. During this time, I was he, putting bandit signs, which are those road signs road for signs. the politicians put on the side of the street. And but I was it, putting those out with a number, and that was what I was going to do that evening. So that was our first date. Uh, yeah, he was trying. He was collecting leads like by the roadside. Talk about like the worst niche marketing ever. No, it worked. Honey, okay. I got a lot of calls. Yeah, but, but did you get any enrollments but, from that? No, 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 because the sorts of people, like, the, whatever. No. I, I won't even go there. But yeah. anyway, so. It the, was a good idea. So our first official hanging out together, other than the first time we met, was driving around Phoenix, putting out roadside. But it didn't work, because the ground, it was right when I moved to Arizona, and the ground was so hard in Arizona, so I couldn't get the signs in the ground. And then Mike got pulled and over. And I got pulled over. Because it looked suspicious because he would, like, leave me in the car parked in random parking lots. And he would take his bike and, like, <sighs> go with a stack of the road signs to go put him out. And I would just sit there listening to the radio. It was actually really fun, but it sounds, like, really unromantic when we repeat it back. So anyway, there was that. And then a couple nights later, I invited you to come hang right, out with then I dropped and watch you off. a movie. Yeah. You dropped me off. You didn't kiss me. I was still confused. So... Well, it was awkward. It wasn't the right time. <laughs> so... It wasn't like... But tell the part about you... This wasn't like a booty night hookup. This the, was like something that was developing greater than like a one night hookup. And it was also weird because I lived in Arizona and you lived in North Carolina and I wasn't going to start... I did not live in North Carolina. Or uh, New York. <laughs> sorry. But I was, like, not going to be flying back and forth, you know, dating this girl. Where I was, like, trying... I was finding myself, is what I was doing. Yeah. Going through a massive life transformation. And then, what else happened? Well, you tell the part about Christmas. Oh, yeah. So, this whole time is, like, she's, like, he's not doing anything. Well, I wasn't going to go back to Pennsylvania, where my family was for Christmas. 
because Kate was coming to town. So I basically... Which he didn't tell me. Which I basically told my mom like I wasn't coming back for Christmas because I didn't want to fly back. So then, of course, she guilt-tripped me into doing the whole thing. And I ended up flying back on Christmas Day and flew back... No, I flew there on Christmas Eve and did a less than 24-hour trip and flew back so I could spend time with Kate before she left. And on December 26th, the day after Christmas, we actually hung out at her aunt and uncle's house, Penny and Phil, for our first, with the family gathering. And I show the up. the whole family <laughs> sat around and watched yeah, the so, movie Date Night. Yes, yeah, so Kate's aunt and uncle are there, her other set aunt and uncle, three of her cousins, her sister. My grandmother. Her, your grandmother. Mom. Your mom. Your grandmother's friend. And who else? I, I don't I know. I think one of the Some other you know, cousins, girlfriends, and then, yeah, stuff. So other people were there. And I show up. Completely don't know any of these people. I know Kate's aunt and uncle, Penny and Phil, and I knew Kate. And I show up, and then Kate's like, I gotta go do a webinar as soon as I walk in the door, and she's out. She goes and does... I left for like an hour and a half. Yeah. This is the longest webinar. And who does a webinar the day after Christmas? Anyway. <laughs> it um, wasn't a sales webinar, for the record. Whatever it was. <laughs> but it's like, come on. So she leaves to go do a webinar, and then I'm hanging out with her family, and I'm super nervous, and then her mom's there, and then I meet the whole crew, and then we watched a movie, and then it was like super awkward because Kate sat on the couch, and then Kate's mom is trying to encourage me to sit next to Kate, <laughs> which is super awkward. It was like I was 14 all over again, yeah. and I literally had to clamp my hand over my mother's mouth so that she wouldn't say to Mike, Mike, come sit next to Kate on the couch, like the world's most awkward moment. So anyway, so all weird. that happened. I flew back to New York. Mike stayed in Phoenix. And I was getting ready to go to sell all my stuff and sell the apartment that my mom owned, that I lived in. And I was really all up in it. Like my, I was super financially enmeshed with my mom around our business. And I wrote the whole story about that in my book, Money, A Love Story. So if you want to learn more, check that out. It's also coming out on audio. You can get it on audio or in print, which is pretty exciting. It'll be out on audio by the time this is out. Okay, great. Oh, this podcast is sponsored by Money, (laughs) A Love Story, written by Kate Northrup. Uh, Ding, 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 ding. Go get it on audible.com or Amazon (laughs) or iTunes. So I really needed to break ties with that whole situation. And so I was going on this road trip. I was going to get a Prius and go across the country for an indefinite period of time and teach these workshops called Women and Wealth. I don't know, one day I was thinking like, I probably shouldn't do this first part of the trip driving from, my car was in Buffalo, New York, where my mom grew up because my uncle had found me a great deal, blah, blah, blah. So I was driving from Buffalo. I needed to get to Southern California in like a week and a half or something. And I realized it was the middle of February and I shouldn't do it by myself. And all of a sudden I got this inspiration to invite Mike to come with me, which was totally insane because we had only officially hung out really twice. It was really funny. Like I had spent six years in New York, basically running my business, having a great time, meeting a lot of people, being social, and also really looking for my husband, to be honest. And when I left New York, I was very clear. I was like, well, I'm not going to meet my husband while I'm driving around the country from town to town. So just felt really like, who cares? Like, I'll just invite this random guy to come with me because, you know, I'm just like in freedom mode. And so I invited Mike. I remember I was sitting at a New York Rangers game. I don't know. There's like the only two hockey related things that have ever happened in my life. (laughs) 
related to my relationship with Mike, but I was sitting at a New York Rangers game with my friend Carissa and I show her, I'm like, I'm thinking about inviting this guy, Mike. It's kind of crazy. I'm nervous. I show her the email I have written him, which I hadn't sent. I show her the draft and she reads it and she was like, this is a crazy girl email. You cannot send this. And she deleted it. I wish we still had it. I know. I wish I knew. But it was like crazy. It was like five paragraphs long with like all these disclaimers about if you want to come, that'd be great. But if you don't want to come, that's totally fine because I have this X, Y, and Z, you know, really trying to seem powerful, but like light about it and fun, like way overthought. So she deletes the email. She has three brothers. So she was just like, this is not how men communicate. And she takes my phone and she writes a text to Mike that says, I just had a great idea. Want to drive across the country with me? And then she sent it. And I was like, holy shit. And then what happened? And then I got it. And I was sitting at my computer in my living room because that's where my office was. And when I, in my apartment in Arizona, I put my office in the living room and I remember reading it and I was like, that's amazing. And at the time, I was in communication with a mentor during that time. And I was like, dude, like Kate just asked me to drive across country with her. And he's like, what did you say? And I said, this is a good idea. Let me get back to you. And that's exactly what I sent, text her back. Because for some odd reason, I was so busy with so many things, you know, <laughs> going broke, running my business. So busy. And we just, and then I thought about it in less than 24 hours. I was like, let's do it. And this was the kind of the second, it was like the second or third final week in January. Yeah. Right? It was like the third week of January. It was two weeks before the road trip was supposed to leave. It was supposed to leave on February 1st. Yeah. We left on February 2nd. Correct. Due to a blizzard. Right. Yeah. And yeah, so then we said yes. And then when I said yes, I just planned the whole trip, what the direction was. Well, he sent me an email and he was basically like, so not only did he say yes, he also was like, okay, great. And here's our itinerary and we're stopping... These nights at these places, we're going to go see my friend's brand new baby. We're going to stay with my parents. We're going... Oh, strategy. I threw a stop to visit a baby because I thought that would be like, show me my soft side and it would be sexy, which Totally it worked. See? But there's, there's a lot of strategy behind all this. We can talk about this in a whole... This is a whole other podcast. This is podcast. a whole other podcast. We should actually keep a notepad here so we can write ideas down as we go. But basically, he had like planned the whole thing. He said, okay, you know, you're responsible for the toiletries and also you need to bring this like jumbo atlas, road atlas, and then like I'll bring this and I'll bring that whatever. So that was that. And then he proceeded to the entire time I was wrapping up my life in New York. It was actually a really intense time. I was, you know, trying to unravel things with my mom. I was saying goodbye to my whole life there. And I was really upset a lot, actually. It was just, it was hard. It was wonderful, but hard. And so Mike called me every single day. And I remember my last night in New York, I got home and I was just like, I was really having a hard time, like saying goodbye to my apartment and the whole life. And I remember you called me and I was upset and you were like, you were like, are you crying? And I was like, yes. And you go, if you're crying, I'm going to hang up the phone. And then he proceeded to like, just make me laugh for like an hour. And you read me astrology. You read me our, Dan Dan Millman wrote the book, the peaceful warrior. And then he wrote another one that I can't remember the name of right now. He has this app that you put in like our things lined up astrology, you know, we'll have it in the show notes. Yeah. Based off of 
this app that you put in your birth dates and you see if people are lined up. Yeah, so Mike proceeds to like read me our whole astrology and numerology and our compatibility. I should do that now. We should see. We should see how it is. See how it is. As I don't remember what you said, and then like. Still, I mean, this is like, duh, still this entire time. I did not invite him with the intention of like, this is going to be romantic. Like in my head, I was like, I think maybe we'll just be buddies. Like I was so distracted by my life that I didn't even think it through. And so he's sitting there reading me our compatibility. That wasn't my agenda either. Like, right. I didn't go into this to be like, oh, I want this girl to be my wife. No, well, of course not. I was not. just into you. Uh, but I wasn't even still sure if you were into me. That's, That's how because... dense I was. <laughs> I was just like, I'm not well, sure. Well, I never like asked. So you're technically, uh, based off this conversation, me being into you is me asking you out, which I never did. You asked me out the, the whole time. Which, you know what's so funny about that is that. I didn't purposefully ask you out, though. Like, I just was following my intuition. It didn't feel like... Because to be perfect, I... When I was in my dating years, I definitely studied a lot about masculine and feminine energy. I still think about that a lot. And I had wanted to practice leaning back more in relationships and leading less and following more and really being more in my feminine. And so I made it a practice to not ask men out. Which makes sense. Yeah, but then like my intuition was just so strong to invite you on this trip, but it didn't feel like asking. We never, we've never actually asked each other out. No, not officially. And then, would you go out with me today? Yes, for lunch. I would love to. We can go on a date. Yes. Oh, great. We can paddleboard there. (laughs) You know, this date was my idea, though. (laughs) True. This doesn't count. All right. But what was so cool is that you came right in with the masculine structure of like, okay. I've driven across the country a million times and here's what's necessary and here's the plan and I need you to show up at this time and then like basically let you take care of it. Right. So This is the United States for those of you outside of the United States. Oh, yeah. That's the country we're talking about. So Mike also, so he called me every day leading up to this trip and also he was really sarcastic. Like the whole time he was kind of like, like I liked it, but I didn't. I was a little nervous. Like the whole time, I just didn't quite know where I stood with him. And so this other magical thing happened, which is that Nicole Daydone, who's the author of Slow Sex, that will be in the show notes as well. Somehow, I don't. I have literally no idea why. Her team reached out to me and was like, "Nicole would like to give you a free coaching session." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so I get on the phone with Nicole, and we're going through my life and whatever, and I'm telling her about this crazy road trip that I'm about to go on. I tell her I invited this random guy, and I told her I was scared because I was like, you know, exploding my whole life. The whole thing was dismantling. I was getting in a car with a guy I barely knew who fundamentally made me really nervous because he was sarcastic all the time. So, but I really liked him. Like I could sense that there was like a soft core there, but like overall, I didn't feel a hundred percent safe emotionally. And so she coached me in basically how to express to him my need for safety during this trip. And so I expressed that to you. That was my assignment from the coaching Mm -hmm. was to call you up and basically say like, For these five days that we're driving across the country, I need that to be like a safe bubble. Could you tone down the sarcasm from like a 10 to maybe a two? Because I really feel shaky right now and I really need, I just need more softness. And then... Well, let's hold on a second. Let's take a moment (laughs) to really honor that piece. Yeah. Because there's so many people and 
I mean, you're a woman, and I've been in this world. I am. I'm a, a long woman. Time, right? So, and we have. I'm around on a road trip. We stayed with so many women, and one of the things that I hear a lot, it's like my guy this or my guy that or my partner this or my partner that. And the reality is like sometimes we just have to tell the truth of what we actually want. And too many times I just hear it's like just speaking your own mind and telling the truth. Yeah. You know, in a way that can be understood and accepted by the other person and not complaining about it. And you just like basically were just like, this is what I need. Right. And I was like, great. And I wasn't making you wrong. Nope. I just, it was about me. It yeah. was like, I feel really vulnerable right. right now and I'm scared. Right. Would you be able to Correct. do X, Y, Z to help And me? with the sarcasm, it comes from this practice that I learned when I was dating. So after I ended my last relationship, one of my mentors introduced me to this guy, David D'Angelo, that teaches this concept called cocky funny, which... David D'Angelo, a.k.a. Evan Pagan. Evan Pagan. <laughs> So, and it's this concept, this dating concept to attract women. Because too many times as men, we are nervous to even talk to beautiful women. And it's so true. You know, it's it's just, it's true. Like, beautiful women are like, men never approach me. That's because they're too freaking nervous. Or just women in general. So, he teaches these practices to build confidence in myself as a man that allows this to happen. And this is a method, I guess you could call it, or a practice that worked well. Because... It kept the conversation with Kate going. But it did. Was, it definitely kept me on my toes. But there was a fine line because it wasn't like I wasn't being an ass. You no, know? no, it was no. Just, it no. Was, you were being an ass just enough to be like, wait, right. what? Which Does is, he like me? Like, I'm confused. Right. So it keeps her on her toes versus if I come up. Like, guys today, like these online dating apps, just it's so out of control. Like, these guys are stupid, you know? So it creates conversation. And I started studying, like, what makes women tick? What is it? That women like, you know, because I was, you know, in I was single. So I became a student of, right now we become students of marketing and business. I want to learn how to do Facebook ads. I become a student of that. I wanted to date women. So I became a student of how to date women or how to attract women to think, like, they're interested in me. So that's what David D'Angelo talked about. And he talks about this concept called cocky funny. And I was using that technique but there is a fine line in there where you have to stop being so cocky funny and like you get to the point where once the woman's like there like Kate was there has to be a time to when stop. When she invites you to drive across the country right. with her then you can stop. Then I had to transition from trying to get her to attract like basically stopping the attraction and being in a relationship a little bit. And where I it wanna... becomes much more emotional than just the attraction aspect of it. Right. And I will say this, like, for those who might be listening, being like, that sounds manipulative or, like, playing a game. The reality is, like, in nature... It's a game. Right? Life's a game. Yes. Yes. And relationships are. And in nature, like, there are mating dances. You know, the peacock... Right. The male peacock has that entire plumage with his feathers and everything. Like, all species do these showy things yeah. to attract the other one. So this isn't really any different, and it was all with good intentions. It's so. not any different and, than... And to be perfectly honest, it is part of your personality. This isn't exactly... Right. It's not like you've changed. You just... I also got to see, no. like, a different softer side. So, so I don't know how it's long no we've been talking than, about this, but... <laughs> well, it's no different than, like, women putting certain clothes on to go out. 
you know? Yeah, yeah totally. The, right. And so. like getting, you know, like yeah. getting my eyebrows waxed, for example. Yeah. Which I know you don't care about, but it makes me feel the first thing I notice about those women's like, damn, they got their eyebrows waxed. <laughs> it was so funny. She's actually. Out. I remember I was talking to my cousin, Jake, during that same conversation when I was asking him, like, why hasn't he asked me out? And then I was talking to him some, for some reason about eyelashes and like how I wish I had longer eyelashes. Maybe I was talking about how you had such nice long eyelashes, which I'm very grateful our daughter has gotten Mike's eyelashes. And we're talking about eyelashes. And he was like, Kate, I have never once noticed a woman's eyelashes. <laughs> he was just like, he was just like, this is like not a thing. No, so, not at all. It's really funny. Okay. So back on track. Okay. So, so back on track. So I flew to... From Phoenix to Buffalo, New York on February 1st. Yep. My flight got canceled due to a massive blizzard. We left on February 2nd and we drove across the country. Yeah. So we started. And we drove across the country. And during that week, we really got into a lot of, you know, you spend seven days in a car with somebody and you really have time to talk about about everything. everything. So we talked about our parents growing up, you know, what we love, our passions. We really got into both of our money stuff, which is a whole other episode on how to talk to, well, one of our bonuses for the Money Love course, which is a course I've taught in the past, has been how to talk to your honey about money. So, and that course is still available. So... We did all that stuff. And then we basically got to Phoenix where I was supposed to drop you off. And you said to me, I don't think you're ready to keep going on this trip by yourself. I'm going to take you to Southern California. And I was like, okay. And then we got to Southern California. But you weren't. You weren't ready. I mean, I could have made it, but it would not have gone well. She planned all these (laughs) events and stuff and like all this she planned these events like she still lived in New York City where you could hop on the subway and just go instead of like you know, being 500 miles apart in they California. 500 miles apart, but traffic is an issue. Yes. So Mike drove me around to all the events in Southern California. Thank goodness, because I would have been a wreck without him. And then he was supposed to leave Southern California and go back to Phoenix. And he said, I don't think you're ready to go by yourself. I'm going to drive you to Boulder. So he drove me to Boulder. and then, the final destination was Boulder. Well, for a while. Yeah. And then he drove me to Boulder and stayed for like a week. And then you left. And then... Basically, through a series of events, you know, we were going to end the relationship. We were going to... Like, no, we were never going to end. Well, there was a moment <laughs> where... <laughs> there was a moment where it took me an hour for Kate to admit the fact that she was having a good time. But I was so scared. It felt really serious. And Mike was like all in from the beginning. So the night before we left on our road trip, he calls me. I'm staying at, or the night before I left for Buffalo, I'm staying at my mom's house in Maine. I'm about to fly to her childhood home in Ellicottville, New York, where I was picking up the car, where Mike met, by the way, the rest of the family he hadn't already (laughs) met at Christmas. And Mike calls me up and we're talking right before bed. And he's like, okay, so listen. Here's what we should do. We should go on this road trip. We should travel the country together for a year. And then we should come back and get married. And I was just like, um, okay, I have to go. <laughs> Good night. Like, I was so confused. And I, you were making some sort of... I don't remember of, this conversation. I remember it so clearly. I remember exactly where I was and hanging up the phone and being like, what the... And confused, but intrigued. And so I still was like... Does he like me? I'm not sure. (laughs) But it was clear. It was clear the first night when you flew in, when you kissed me. And then I was like, okay, game on. Oh, yeah. We forgot about that part. We forgot that part. Yeah. But anyway, so why did I just say that? 
I don't remember. But anyway, so we, you know, were basically very soon you were all in. And I, I was so scared about that because I had planned this whole trip to be by myself. And suddenly I had oh, yeah. this guy who I had just spent the week falling in love with and was like, oh, shit, this was not my plan. And I really had this image that I was supposed to do this whole road trip by myself. And it was the Freedom Tour and it was about independence. And here was this guy who was like ready to change his whole life and come with me. And you were really all in. Like you just seemed so sure and I had never experienced that before. And I was just, I was freaked out. So I tried to ditch him, but he wouldn't let me. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I, I went to back and we decided, because my lease was up in March in Arizona. So I had to make a decision to sign again or to like leave and sell all of my stuff and basically get on this road trip. And then I just was like, if it didn't work but out. But I didn't really invite you. That was the funniest part. You were like, I'm going to come with you. And I was just like, Holy No, I don't shit. remember all. Like, we're probably leaving details out of here. Oh, we're definitely leaving details but out. But I think it was a mutual discussion. Like, this is what was going to happen. And, well, of course it was. Because then we're getting to the point of, like, the biggest... So I was gone. So for three weeks, the first three weeks, I was with Kate for, like, a week and a half on the road. I spent a week and a half in Boulder... Colorado, where she was staying for six weeks and stayed with her. And then I had to go back to Arizona and I had to start getting rid of my stuff to move out. And then we decided that I was just going to not resign at least, put some of my stuff in storage, sell most of it, and then jump back on the road trip. And if it didn't work out, I can always go back to Arizona or move wherever I want. I was location independent during the time. So I was just like, decide whatever. And I remember distinctly my brother, I was supposed to meet my brother in Arizona because he was visiting and I was so late to meet him by an hour and a half and he kept calling me kept calling me kept calling me we were supposed to go to this show we went to a show I know you were taking him to see a musical yeah which is like so weird I don't even remember what it was but I was late and because I was late because I was talking to Kate and I remember this whole time about what our next plan should be because the biggest thing is like when we left there, our friend Lisa, who we were staying with, said, you guys just determine what the next plan is, like, to see each other. Because if you don't plan what the next time is. Well, because I was also devastated when right. I dropped him off at the airport. Yeah, you were It a was the scene right out of a romantic it was. comedy. You of, were, like, like, crying in the airport. Me sobbing in the airport and watching him go down the escalator and, like, not being able to get it together. Yeah, you couldn't function. And then <laughs> I'm, like, sitting there in the car talking to you about, like, did you even have a good time? Like, this was the best two weeks of my life. Like, why are we going to just throw it all away? This doesn't make any sense. And I keep going on and on and on and on. And then finally, it was like 45 minutes, 15 minutes into it. And I was just like, do you even want to do this? Do you want to make this a shot? And you're like, yeah, let's do it. Okay. And it took like 50 <laughs> minutes for you to say those words. Like, yeah, I had a really good time. I think we should keep this going. And I was like, holy crap. Like, I was so scared. I know. Well, I know that now. <laughs> at the time, I was just like, you're not looking at the joy or the fun or the excitement. You know, about three weeks in, then I was like, okay, well, I got to sell all my stuff. So I spent like another week getting rid of all my stuff. I sold it all in, you know, a couple of days. I got out of my lease. I rented my truck to my neighbor, actually, Cassie who was my neighbor, I was like, do you want to just drive my truck for like $150 a month, plus you've got to fill up the tank, and she was able to have a vehicle, which was awesome, because then I was able to like have somebody else was using the truck, $150, way too, not enough money for that, anyway, side note, but so I just, yeah, went all in, and I sold everything, and I actually started, I was running out of money, so that was, this is a whole nother 
discussion, but I was running out of money and I had to get a full-time job because the business wasn't growing as fast as I expected. So I interviewed at Lifetime Fitness to be a sales guy and we were just talking about all that. And I was making phone calls wasn't going to be an issue for me, signing memberships up, working at a gym. Like Mike is really good at sales. I was just like, this is money in the bank. So yeah. I know it was all commission based, but this isn't going to be an issue. So sales are we'll do, we'll talk so about I sales had an in interview. future episodes for sure. I had an interview with them. And they were like, okay, we're going to call you over the next two days whether or not we're going to offer you the job. And I said, great. And it went really, really well. And I'm on my way. Basically, I was getting picked up via taxi or something or Uber. No, there wasn't Uber at the time. But like a taxi was taking me to the airport. And I got a call from Lifetime Fitness that they wanted to offer me the job. And I let them know within 24 hours. And I called Kate and I was just like, I just got this job offer for... Lifetime Fitness in Arizona, so I would have stayed there. So I would have just moved closer to their location because they were like 45 minutes of where I was living. We just decided, you know, after talking a lot, where she was just like, why don't we just stay on the road and not take the job? Well, because, I mean, this is a key moment. This is a key moment. Right? Like, yeah. so you're growing your business, you're early into it, maybe a year, not even, yeah. nine months it into a it, year a year. And a half or something. It's not growing as fast as you need it to to support you, which is totally normal and acceptable. Just for those listening, I just, if that's the case, like it doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means it's not there yet. Right. There's no shame in needing to take a job in order to support yourself. I mean, I loved, I just finished listening to Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic and I. The audiobook? Yeah. Phenomenal. I loved that she kept her job, her full time job, for two years while Eat, Pray, Love was on the New York Times bestseller list. Like, hello. That's awesome. So, talk about not putting pressure on. Well, that was more about creativity and not putting pressure on your creative pursuits to need to support you. But I also think early on in business, like, yes, sometimes leaping and the net will appear and like quitting your job and just, you know, burning bridges and going for it is a cool idea. But Sometimes going back and getting a job is, is completely acceptable, which is a total side note because in that conversation, I said to Mike, don't take the job because I knew that if he took the job and like I'm supposed to be traveling the country and then I'd have to be flying to Phoenix all the time, like it just felt like this was a moment where we could take the leap of faith. We didn't have financial responsibilities. Neither of us had a mortgage. Neither of us had rent to pay. It was like our expenses were, where are we going to stay tonight? What food are we going to eat? And I felt like we could figure it out. And Mm -hmm. I had a business that was growing as well. And I knew that like I could fund some of it at least and we could figure it out. So I said, don't take the job. What? That's not what you were thinking at the time. I wasn't really thinking it through. To be perfectly honest, it just felt like I don't want. It just felt like the right thing to do. So yeah. So he did. He turned down the job, got rid of everything, flew to Phoenix And then we took off and basically spent 10 months together on this road trip. We did 42,000 miles. We visited, no. We did 31,000 miles. We visited 42 states. We spent 10 months on the road. And then at the end, we just got really tired and it was clear that it was time to be done. And then we moved to the Hamptons for six months, stayed in my girlfriend's summer house in the winter. And so we lived in the Hamptons, which is like a ghost town in the wintertime. We met one other couple who we absolutely adore, Kelly Turner and Aaron Teach. Kelly Turner wrote a great book called Radical Remission 
about cancer patients healing against all odds. Yeah. And we had a great time. And then we moved to Maine because my dream was ultimately always to find a guy who would be willing to move back to Maine with me so we could have kids and raise them here. And that... Which we did. We have one. ...is what we have done so far. I mean, there's so much more of the story to tell, but I think that's probably good for today. I think it's I think in a future episode, for sure, I want to talk about the agreement that we set up when we went into business together. So I think the next episode is how we set up our business partnership because we put that together before getting married and sort of the structure of that and the agreements and both energetic and literal. And I also think we should talk about the... Like some of the biggest lessons learned on the road trip. So like the money conversation we had. I agree. There's lots um, more to talk about here. There is lots but, more. Man, this is But a we'll keep that going for the we And then we'll, of course, tell more of our story. There's a lot more background for each one of us. Yes. Over what we've done over the next few episodes. I think to close it off, like I would love to hear from you guys. Because Kate just shared, we both just shared on the road trip about the one big leap that we had to take. And that leap was myself not taking that job at Lifetime Fitness, which is a great facility, by the way. Excellent gyms. <laughs> I wish they had one here in Maine. And they're actually partnered up with Experience Life magazine, right. which, which I got to be on the cover yeah, of. So which that is was crazy. actually kind of cool. Like two years later, right. I got asked to do this Experience Life. And I was like, wait a second, this is like put on by Lifetime Fitness. Isn't yeah. that funny? So that was like a huge leap of faith that was taken. And it was a big leap. I mean, this whole, actually, this whole podcast episode is about a big leap of faith because myself saying, yeah, let's do it to drive across. You could have been crazy. You know, you could have been, you could have been crazy. You could have been crazy (laughs) on the road. Neither of us were crazy. No. It turns out. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine? And then, yeah, just taking that leap of faith, myself not taking that full-time job, like that really committed, solidified a little bit more of the strength of the relationship added to uh-huh. it. And both saying yes to being all in right, right from we, the beginning. We did like, not start working together business-wise during the road trip. You know, no, that wasn't. That there didn't wasn't happen really until we moved to Maine. Right. Officially. Yeah. Well, a little bit in the Hamptons, but officially in Maine. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so another episode. That was, that's another episode. But I think like, I would love to hear like when you guys look at your business or maybe a decision that took place in your life, like what is one leap of faith that took place? Yeah. I'd love to know. And I how think did it turn curious. out? And how yeah. did it turn out? Tell us in the comments. Because sometimes it doesn't turn out well. Yeah. Sometimes it turns out great. But even though it doesn't turn out the way you thought it would. Right. It always turns out. Yeah. Something better. else. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Happy anniversary, honey. Happy anniversary to you too. Thanks for listening, guys. See you on the next episode. Cheers. Ever feel like you're constantly doing things, but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you? Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living. To learn what they are, go to katenorthrup.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.